Hello and welcome back to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. Well, hello and welcome back to the Truth Seekers Podcast. Before we begin today's episode, I'd like to ask you a question. Have you ever felt hopeless? I mean, utterly hopeless, as though it seemed like nothing could go right. I hope you have never felt that hopeless before in your life. But if you have, I want you to listen closely to today's stories. We are going to meet some people who felt absolutely hopeless, as if there was no hope for the pain they were going through and no answer to their suffering. They had no hope until they met Jesus. Listen to how Jesus brings hope to every situation he encounters. You see, Jesus was the prince of healers. He entered the homes of both poor and rich, and everywhere he went, he left gladness and rejoicing as a result of his wonderful healing touch. Now, there was living in Israel a poor old man. Things had gone hard for the poor old man ever since he first felt the pain in his hand. He could remember the day it began. Then as weeks and months had passed, it had got worse and worse until his finger joints were all stiff and he couldn't bend his wrist. Later, his hand had gradually shriveled up until he could not use it at all. This meant he could not work, so he had lost his job and his income and had even had to beg for food. He had asked the doctors to help him, but they did not know how to treat a withered hand. They had just told him he would have to put up with it for the rest of his life. It was all very sad, and it felt hopeless. The man felt without hope. Then one Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue in Capernaum. As he took his seat, he hid his poor, crippled, withered hand under his robe where no one could see it. He did not like people staring at it out of curiosity. Then he prayed the prayer under his breath he had prayed so many times before. Dear God, help me. Surely God, Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, surely you can help me. Please help me. Suddenly, he became aware that for some reason or other, he had become the center of interest in the synagogue. Everybody was staring at him. He was frightened, wondering what he could have done. Surely all these people were not just looking to see his withered hand. No, it could not be that, for he noticed that their heads kept turning from him to another man, then back to him. The other man was the one they called the carpenter of Nazareth, Jesus. Now Jesus was looking at him, and he felt the warmth of friendship in his eyes. Arise, stand forth in the middle of the crowd, said Jesus. What, me? Yes, you. Wondering what it could all mean, the poor old man, still keeping his withered hand covered, did as he was told. Now everybody was looking at him. Stretch forth your hand, said Jesus. My hand, he thought. I can't stretch forth my hand. It's withered and crippled. I can't let people see my hand like this. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. Slowly, he pulled it out from beneath his robe. Suddenly, he could not believe what he was seeing. His eyes were opened wide in astonishment, and then they filled with tears. For when he looked down at his hand, he saw 
It was not shriveled anymore. It was not withered. It was just like his other hand. And he could move his fingers. He could bend his wrist. He could touch his face. It was too good to be true. But it was true. Thank you, thank you, master. But the other voices were not thankful. He should not have done it, grumbled one. The idea of doing such a thing on the holy Sabbath, said another. It's shocking, shouted a third. The man's a lawbreaker and should be arrested. These men were the Pharisees. They had become so consumed with being perfect that they could not see that Jesus had just performed a miracle. He had just healed this man's hand. Jesus asked them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? No one answered him. But as for the old man, he didn't understand what they were all arguing about. He just kept looking at his hand and moving it back and forth. He could not get over it. It was the best thing that had ever happened to him on the Sabbath and in church too. His hand had been healed. Now he could work again. Thank God. Oh, wonderful, wonderful Jesus. One day, not long after this, Jesus was teaching on the beach by the Sea of Galilee. He saw a man pushing his way through the crowd. The man seemed to be in a great hurry and very much upset about something. Excuse me, let me pass. Let me get through, he was saying. I must get through to Jesus at once. Please make way. It's very important. The man's name was Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, and he was troubled about his little girl. Falling to his knees before Jesus, he told him what was the matter and earnestly begged for help. My little daughter is at the point of death, he cried. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. Jesus' heart was touched. He knew what it must have meant for a ruler of the synagogue to kneel and ask him for help. This ruler of the synagogue had come to desperation. He felt without hope, and his only answer he knew was to turn to Jesus, for he'd heard that Jesus had performed many miracles. Maybe Jesus could heal his daughter. How great must this man's love be for his little girl? Jesus said, I'll go with you. And Jairus was delighted. But as the two started on their way, the crowd began to press around them. It was hard to walk forward. So many people wanted to get close to Jesus, to look at him, to touch him. They had not gone very far when suddenly Jesus stood still. He asked something astonishing. He asked, who touched my clothes? It was a strange question with so many hundreds of people pushing and shoving about him. The disciples were surprised. How can you ask who touched you when there are so many people around you, they said. But Jesus knew somebody had touched him. Somebody in great need had reached out and touched him. Somebody whose faith had already drawn healing power from him had touched him. He looked around. Then he saw her. There she was. There was no mistaking who it was. Tears of joy and thankfulness were running down her cheeks. Jesus understood. He smiled at her while she fell down before him and told him the truth. She had been sick for 12 years, she said. All this long time she had gone from one doctor to another without getting any help. 
She had spent all of her money, her life's work of money on doctor's bills, and still the bleeding from which she suffered continued. Then she had said to herself, if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just find Jesus, if I will just touch but the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. And so she did. She had touched him. It was only a light touch on the very edge of his garment. She had not meant to trouble him, for she knew he was so busy looking after all the other needy people. But then all of a sudden, she had felt better. Just like that, she knew she was healed. Her wound had been healed. The bleeding had stopped. She knew it for sure. And she was so thankful, so very, very thankful. Jesus was thankful too. Thankful that somebody had trusted him so much. I'd like to think that he gently put his arm around this woman as she knelt there before him and said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. The woman disappeared in the crowd, but not from history. Somebody saw this had happened. Somebody had heard what happened and wrote it down so that you and I today may know that we may reach out and touch him by faith when we too are feeling hopeless, just like this woman had felt. Well, what about Jairus, you ask? Jairus had come to Jesus because his daughter was sick. It was urgent. And here Jesus had stopped to speak to this woman. I wonder what Jairus was thinking in the moment. Was he worried? Was he concerned? Was he wondering if Jesus would hurry? Was he wondering if it would be too late? Well, sure enough, while all this was going on, Jairus was standing by, patiently waiting to get back to his dying daughter. Please, he might have said, do come soon. She may die any minute. But then, suddenly, a messenger appeared. A messenger pressed through the crowd, bringing news to Jairus that his daughter had died, that it was too late. Your daughter is dead, he said. Why trouble the master Jesus anymore? People around said, oh no, and began to say how sorry they were. Poor Jairus just stood there, too overcome with hopelessness to speak. I'm sure tears rolled down his cheeks. He had loved his little girl so much. And now, now it was too late. If only Jesus had moved forward, if only Jesus had hurried a little bit faster, would he have been there in time to save her? Jesus looked at Jairus, not surprised by anything. He looked right at Jairus, straight in the eyes, and he said, Jairus, do not fear, only believe. Then he began to walk straight towards Jairus' house. I wonder what Jairus was thinking. Where's he going? Why is he going to my house? It's too late. There wasn't much use of his going there now, Jairus thought. What could Jesus have meant? Don't be afraid, only believe. His daughter was dead. What could he do now? What could anybody do except bury her? The crowd tried to follow Jesus, but he asked them kindly but firmly to go away. It would not be proper for so many people to visit a home so full of sadness. Peter, James, and John could go with him, but no one else. As the little group drew near to Jairus' house, they saw a strange sight. Many of the neighbors were trying to push their way through the front door, but could not get in. The place was crowded with people. Some were friends of the family, 
Some were just sightseers wanting to see what was going on. From inside came loud sounds of weeping and wailing. It was the custom in those days to hire mourners or people who would make sorrowful noises at funerals to cry. They were doing their part well, for they were weeping and wailing loudly, the Bible says. As Jesus arrived, the people gave way and let him in. Jairus and the three disciples followed. Why are you making all of this noise? Jesus asked. The little girl is not dead. She is just sleeping. The mourners stopped their make-believe crying and started to laugh. She is dead, all right, one of them said. Go and see for yourself. Please leave, said Jesus. And he said it so sternly they did what he said. Soon the house was quiet again. Then Jesus led Jairus with Peter, James, and John into the room where the little girl was lying so white and still upon her bed. I can't imagine what it was like for Jairus in that moment to walk into that room and see his little girl dead. The grief that must have overwhelmed him and overcome him in that moment. The hopelessness he must have felt for surely there was nothing left to be done. Then Jesus smiled at the little girl. He came near to her, looked down upon her, and he said to her, Little girl, I say to you, arise, get up. Jairus could not believe his ears. What was happening? It was just as though Jesus said, it's time to wake up. And suddenly she did. She woke up right then and there. She jumped out of bed just as if she had never been sick. I wonder if she ran over to her father Jairus and said, Dad, why are you crying? But the tears were all over now. There was much rejoicing to be done. The Bible doesn't say what was said between Jesus and the little girl, but I'd like to think she gave him a big hug and said, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing hope back to our family. Dear Truth Seekers, what truth do you find in today's story? Let me share something with you. Whenever you read anything in the Bible, especially about the life of Jesus, one of the most important questions we can ask is, what did I learn about God in this story? What did I learn about God from reading this scripture? What do we learn about God from hearing these stories today? Well, we know that Jesus was and is God's son. So we know he is a reflection of God the Father. We know that whatever Jesus did points to who God is. And by reading these stories and learning these stories, I learn about God that he is a God of hope. He is a God of hope. When we are feeling hopeless, he gives us hope. We never have to feel hopeless. We never have to feel in despair or in deep discouragement because Jesus is our hope. I know that the world will try to cause you to be discouraged. I know that the world will try to cause you to be hopeless and and give up. But that's just the lies of the enemy. Yes, we can look around and see there are a lot of difficult things happening in the world. There are a lot of bad things that do happen in life. But Jesus came so that we could overcome, so that we could be more than conquerors, so that we don't have to be defeated by the things that happen to us in this life, that we can be victorious and overcomers, that we can walk through the hardships of life and the struggles of life knowing that Jesus is our hope, that He gives us 
us hope in all things and that he is returning one day and he is going to make all things new and all things right again. That is our hope. So friends, if you need hope today, look to Jesus. He is your hope. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God of hope. That if anything we've learned about you from these stories today, it is that you are hope. You give us reason to hope. You give us reason to look up and be excited because you are coming again. You give us strength to walk through hard times. You give us joy when there is suffering. You give us peace when there is worry. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for your hope. And Jesus, today we look to you as the author of our hope. We ask that you would fill us to overflowing with hope that even when things around us may look hard and difficult and sad, that you are with us. And because we have you and we have your Holy Spirit living in us, we also have hope. Thank you for your hope, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you know what time it is. It's time to read some reviews. This review says, awesome podcast. This podcast really changed my life. I understand and love all of it. Thank you for making this podcast. I hope this podcast spreads the Lord's message. It helps me sleep as well. I feel quite safe and makes me feel closer to God and I feel warm in my bed. My favorites are all of them. Thank you. And that is from Annabelle, who is 10, and she said she wrote that by herself. So thank you, Annabelle, for writing that review for me all by yourself. Thank you for leaving that. All right. This next review says, hi, my name is Victoria with two siblings, Arthur and Ava. We love your podcast. We've only listened to a few and it's perfect. Well, thank you that even though you've only listened to a few, you already think it's perfect. So I love that. So thank you, Victoria, Arthur and Ava for listening. This review says, this podcast is truly a gift. My kids and I are on our third or fourth time through. We listen each night as they fall asleep so they can be listening to the word of God. And they said, thank you. Well, I love that you are also listening to it each night before you fall asleep, getting the word of God deep in your hearts. Thank you for that. And this is from Bella or Isabella. She says, I love your podcast so much. I listen to four a day. That's amazing. Thank you, Isabella. Thank you for leaving that review. This message came in from Jill. She says, um, we listen to your podcast on the way to and from school. Lena asks for it regularly, and I find myself learning from them as well. Thank you. And Lena, who is age six, says, we really love God, and we really love the podcast, and we really love that you help me learn about God. Well, thank you, Lena, and thank you, Jill. She says they're from Lowell, Indiana. So thank you for that message. All right, this message is from Serena. Uh, She says, Dear Sherilyn, my kiddos wanted to send you this encouragement. We listen to your podcast each night before bed. I am constantly recommending it to friends when they remark about the depth of my children's biblical knowledge. You are truly a blessing to so many. 
Thank you, Serena. And this comes from Josephine. Josephine says, my name is Josephine and I am six years old. My favorite Bible story is David and Goliath, but my new favorite one is Jesus on the cross. I like listening to your podcast because they help little children learn about the Bible. I have listened through your whole series three times. Love from Josephine. Thank you, Josephine. And this one um, says, my name is Chakoti and I am seven years old. My favorite Bible story is David and Goliath because it teaches me that I can be brave a lot. Like when I am at school and when people are bullying or saying mean things, it helps me be courageous and tell my teacher. I like listening to your podcast so I can learn more about the Bible. Love from Chakoti. Well, I love that these stories and that the Bible and God's word, Chakoti, is giving you strength and courage and that he is with you in all things, helping you fight every battle that you face. So thank you so much, Serena, Josephine, and Chakoti for writing in. I love that. This message states, hello, our names are Abigail and Elijah. We are six and three years old. We live in Ohio and we listen to your podcast every night before we go to sleep. I, Abigail, have been asking my mom to write a letter to you for a couple of months. I love that you teach me the truth of God's word. My favorites are David and Goliath and Queen Esther. Your podcast is a blessing to my family and I love you. Well, thank you, Abigail. That is so sweet. And I love that you love the podcast. Thank you for listening. And Elijah says, I, Elijah, like that you teach us to obey God. My favorites are when God made the world and God's city because it's so shiny. We have listened to all of your current podcasts and look forward to hearing more. Thank you again for pointing us to God's truth, Abigail and Elijah. And mom, Danielle says, thank you. You are a blessing to my family. I'm thankful I came across your podcast many months ago. They have richly blessed me and my kids. Well, thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Abigail and Elijah for writing in. All right, everyone, that's all for today. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to our time together next week.